Chapter twenty nine of Sixty Years in Southern California, eighteen fifty three to nineteen thirteen, by Harris Newmark. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter twenty nine The Chinese Massacre, eighteen seventy one h newmark and company enjoyed associations with nearly all of the most important wool men and rancheros in southern california our office for many years being headquarters for these stalwarts as many as a dozen or more of whom would oft times congregate giving the store the appearance of a social center they came in from their ranches and discussed with freedom the different phases of their affairs and other subjects of interest wheat corn barley hay cattle sheep irrigation and kindred topics were passed upon although in eighteen seventy one the price of wool being out of all proportion to anything like its legitimate value the uppermost topic of conversation was wool these meetings were a welcome interruption to the monotony of our work some of the most important of these visitors were jotham john w and llewellyn bixby isaac lankersham l j rose i n van wise r s baker George Carson, Manuel Dominguez, Domingo Amestoy, Juan Matias Sanchez, Dan Freeman, John Rowland, John Reed, Joe Bridger, Louis Phillips, the brothers Garnier, Remy Nadeau, E.J. Baldwin, P. Banning, and Alessandro Repetto. There was also not a weather prophet, near or far, who did not manage to appear at these weighty discussions and offer his oracular opinions about the pranks of the elements on which occasions one after another of these wise men would step to the door look at the sky and broad landscape solemnly shake his head and then render his verdict to the speculating circle within according as the moon emerged so that one could hang something upon it or in such a manner that water would run off as they pictured it we were to have dry or rainy weather nor would volumes of talk shake their confidence occasionally i added a word merely to draw out these weather-beaten and interesting old chaps but usually i listened quietly and was entertained by all that was said hours would be spent by these friends in chatting and smoking the time away and if they enjoyed the situation half as much as i did pleasant remembrances of these occasions must have endured with them many of those to whom i have referred have ended their earthly careers while others living in different parts of the country are still hale and hearty a curious character was then here in the person of the reputed son of a former and brother of the then lord clanmorris an english nobleman once a student at dr arnold's famous rugby he had knocked about the world until shabbily treated by dame fortune he had become a sheepherder in the employ of the bixbys m j newmark who now came to visit us from new york was admitted to partnership with h newmark and company and this determined his future residence as was natural in a town of pueblo origin plays were often advertised in spanish one of the placards still preserved thus announcing the attraction for january thirtieth at the merced theatre teatro merced los angeles lunes enero treinta de eighteen seventy one primero función de la gran compañía dramática de don tomás maguire el empresario veterano de san francisco veinte y cuatro artistas de ambos sextos todos conocidos como estrellas de primera clase in certain quarters of the city the bill was printed in english credits for the first move toward the formation of a county medical society here should probably be given to dr h s orme at whose office early in eighteen seventy one a preliminary meeting was held 
but it was in the office of doctors griffin and whitney on january thirty first that the organization was effected my friend griffin being elected president dr r t hayes vice president dr orme treasurer and dr e l dow secretary thus began a society which in the intervening years has accomplished much good work late in january luther h titus one of several breeders of fast horses brought from san francisco by steamer a fine thoroughbred stallion named echo a half-brother of the celebrated trotter dexter which had been shipped from the east in a central pacific car especially constructed for the purpose in itself something of a wonder then sporting men came from a distance to see the horse but interest was divided between the stallion and a mammoth turkey of a peculiar breed also brought west by titus who prophesied that the bird when full grown would tip the beam at from forty five to fifty pounds early in february the first steps were taken to reorganize and consolidate the two banking houses in which downey and hellman were interested when it was proposed to start the bank of los angeles with a capital of five hundred thousand dollars some three hundred eighty thousand dollars of this sum were soon subscribed and by the first week in april twenty five per cent of the capital had been called in john g downey was president and i w hellman was cashier their office was in the former rooms of hellman temple and company on the tenth of april the institution was opened as the farmers and merchants bank and on july tenth j g downey charles ducommon o w childs i m hellman george hansen a glassell j s griffin jose mascarell and i w hellman were chosen trustees from the first the bank prospered so that when the crisis of eighteen seventy five tested the substantiality of the financial institutions here the farmers and merchants rode the storm in april eighteen seventy one hellman inaugurated a popular policy when he offered to pay interest on time deposits for it brought many clients who had previously been accustomed to do their banking in san francisco and before long the bank advertised one hundred thousand dollars to lend on good security on february fourteenth stephen samsbury known as buckskin bill and a man named carter murdered the twin brothers bilderback who had taken up some land very close to verdugo now incorporated in glendale and were engaged in chopping wood the murders coveting the land and planning to sell the fuel deputy sheriff dunlap went in pursuit of the desperadoes and noticing some loose earth in the roadbed nearby he thrust a stick into the ground and so uncovered the blood-stained end of a blanket which led to the finding of the bodies j f burns who at eighty-three years of age still manifests his old-time spirit being then sheriff pursued buckskin bill until the twenty-fourth of june a young soldier on the way to fort yuma met burns at san pedro and having agreed to sell him certain information about the fugitive revealed the fact that bill had been seen near tecate mounted on a horse with his squaw and infant riding a mule the chase had previously taken the sheriff from verdugo canyon to white pine nevada and back to los angeles and acting on this new clue burns obtained a requisition on the mexican governor from judge ignacio sepulveda and went to lower california where with felipe zarate a mexican officer he located the man after two or three days search about twenty miles north of real castillo the sheriff found the fugitive and in the ensuing fight samsbury accidentally shot himself and so terribly did the wounded man suffer that he begged burns to finish him at once the sheriff refusing improved the opportunity to secure a full confession of bill's numerous crimes among which figured the killing of five other men besides the builderback brothers in different parts of california 
After Samsbury died, Burns cut off his foot, known to have six toes, and placed it in a mezcal, a popular and strongly intoxicating beverage of the Mexicans, and when later the sheriff presented this trophy to the good citizens of California, it was accepted as abundant proof that the man he had gone after had been captured and disposed of. The legislature promptly paid Burns nearly five thousand dollars, but Los Angeles County, which had pledged two hundred dollars reward, refused to recompense the doughy sheriff and has never since made good its promise. In 1889, Burns was chief of police with Emil Harris as his captain. The earliest move toward the formation of a Los Angeles Board of Trade was made, not in 1883 or even in 1873, when the first Chamber of Commerce began, but in 1781, a fact that seems to be generally forgotten. Late in February of that year, a number of leading shippers came together to discuss Trade Coast and other interests, and B. L. Peel moved that a Board of Trade be organized. The motion was carried and the organization was effected, but with the waning of enthusiasm for the improvements proposed, or perhaps through the failure of its members to agree, the embryonic Board of Trade soon died. In February, B. L. Peel and Company installed the telegraph in their commission office, probably the first instance of a private wire in local business history. At the outset of the somewhat momentous decade of the 70s, Hellman Haas and Company was established, with H. W. Hellman, Jacob Haas, and B. Cohn Partners, their first store being on the east side of Los Angeles Street, opposite H. Newmark and Companies. Abraham Haas, who came in December 1873, had a share in his brother's venture from the start, but it was not until 1875, when he bought out Cohn's interest, that he became a partner. Ten years after the firm commenced business, that is, in 1881, Jacob Baruch, who had come to California with J. Lowe, and with him had made his start at Gallatin, was admitted to partnership, and in 1889, a year after Jacob Haas's death, Haas and Baruch bought out H. W. Hellman. Then it was that Haas, Baruch, and Company, a name so agreeably known throughout Southern California, first entered the field, their activity immediately felt, permitting very little of the proverbial grass to grow under one's feet. On January 7, 1909, Jacob Baruch died. Haas, since December 12, 1900, has been a resident of San Francisco. This year, the United States government began the great work of improving Wilmington, or San Pedro Harbor. The gap between Rattlesnake and Dead Man's Islands was closed by means of a breakwater, creating a regular current in the channel, and dredging to a depth of 17 or 18 feet first made it possible for vessels of size to cross the bar at low tide. Among those active in preparing documents for Congress and securing the survey was Judge R. M. Whitney, of whose public services mention has been made, while Phineas Banning, at his own expense, made trips to Washington in behalf of the project. A genuine novelty was introduced in 1871, when Downs and Bent, late in February, opened a roller skating rink at Teutonia Hall. Twenty-five cents was charged for admission, and an additional quarter demanded for the use of skates. Ladies and gentlemen flocked to enjoy the new sensation. A second rink was soon opened in Los Angeles, and another in El Monte, and among those who became proficient skaters was Pancho Coronel, one of the social lions of his day. In time, however, the craze waned, and what had been hailed as fashionable, because of its popularity in the great cities of the East, lost in favor, particularly among those of social pretensions. In March, a call for a meeting to organize an agricultural society for the counties of Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, San Bernardino, Kern, and San Diego brought together a large number of our citizens. 
l j rose and his neighbor l h titus dr j s griffin colonel j j warner judge h k s o'melveny judge a j king john g downey f n slaughter and many others including myself became actively interested and then and there started the southern district agricultural society which for years contributed so much to advance the agricultural interests of southern california annual trotting races lasting a week lent impetus to the breeding of fine stock for which this part of the state became famous l j rose was the moving spirit in this enterprise and he it was who induced me and other friends to participate even the first ice machine in march did not freeze the price below four cents per pound edited by henry c austin the evening express made its first appearance on march twenty seventh it was started by the printers george and jesse yarnell george a tiffany j w painter and miguel varelo but james j ayers in eighteen eighty two state printer who was one of the founders of the san francisco morning call succeeded austin in eighteen seventy five and then the yarnells and varelo retired l v prudhomme better known as victor prudhomme a name sometimes but probably incorrectly spelled prudhon who is said to have come from france about the middle of the thirties died here on may eighth his wife was a spanish woman and for a while they resided on the east side of main street between Raquina and first not far from my brother's store as a rather active member of the french colony he was a man in good standing and was engaged it seems to me in the wine industry he also owned some land near san bernardino and was continually visiting at that place on may twenty seventh s j millington announced as the pioneer dancing master of california opened a dancing academy at Stearns's hall and at once it sprang into social favor he had morning classes for children and evening classes for adults i happen to recall the circumstances more clearly for i was one of his committee of patrons dances by the way were given frequently and were often attended in costume and even in disguise i remember such an occasion in the early seventies when elaborate toilets and variety of dress marked an advance in these harmless diversions conspicuous among the guests was john jones elderly and seldom given to frivolity who appeared in the character of the father of his country in early june a chinese junk cruising in search of abalones attracted no little attention at san pedro as a primitive and clumsy specimen of marine architecture the sudden and abnormal demand for the abalone shell offered such large returns as to tempt men to take desperate chances in hunting for them among the rocks sometime in the seventies a chinaman searching near san diego thrust his hand into an open shell and the abalone closed upon his wrist with such an irresistible grip that the unfortunate shell hunter was held fast until overtaken by the rising tide and drowned for many years los angeles book lovers were supplied by merchants who sold other things or who conducted a limited loan library in conjunction with their business such a circulating collection samuel hellman displayed in february eighteen seventy one the first exclusively book and periodical store was opened in the same year by broderick and riley adjoining the post office on spring street albert fenner kerchival who took up his residence in eighteen seventy one on the west side of pearl street near the end of sixth on what was formerly known as the gelchich place first came to california hangtown in eighteen forty nine and experienced much the same kind of mining adventure as inspired bret hart on a second visit to the coast kerchival raised strawberries and early tomatoes for which he found a ready sale in san francisco and in his spare moments he wrote poems 
collected and published in 1883 under the title of Dolores, some of which rather cleverly reflect California life. On June 19th, the Teutonia Concordia Society merged with the Los Angeles Turnverine, forming the Turnverine Germania, and about the same time the original home of the Verine, a frame building on South Spring Street, was erected. In that year also the first German school was founded, the sessions being conducted at the old round house. Having had no fitting celebration of the 4th of July for years, a number of citizens in 1871 called a meeting to consider the matter, and A. J. Johnston, L. Lichtenberger, W. H. Perry, J. M. Griffith, John Wilson, O. W. Childs, and myself were appointed to make arrangements. A list of forty or fifty leading merchants willing to close their places of business on Independence Day was drawn up, a program was easily prepared, and the music, display of flags and bunting, and the patriotic addresses awakened, after such a neglect of the occasion, new and edifying emotions. Slight regard was formerly paid by officers to the safety or life of the Indian who had a persistent weakness for alcohol and when citizens did attend to the removal of these inebriates they frequently looked to the municipality for compensation for instance at a meeting of the common council in july pete wilson presented a bill of two dollars and a half for the removal of a nuisance which nuisance upon investigation was shown to have been a drunken squall whom he had retired from the street the council after debating the momentous question of reimbursement finally reached a compromise by which the city saved just twenty-five cents Alexander Bell died on July 24th after a residence of 29 years in Los Angeles. Beginning with the 70s, attention was directed to Santa Monica as a possible summer resort, but it was some years before many people saw in the bay and its immediate environment the opportunities upon which thousands have since seized. In the summer of 1871, less than 20 families, the majority in tents, sojourned there among the sycamore groves in the canyon where J. M. Harned had a bar and refreshment parlor. The attractions of beach and surf, however, were beginning to be appreciated, and so were the opportunities for shooting, at Tells and elsewhere, and on Sundays two or three hundred excursionists frequently visited that neighborhood, Reynolds, the liveryman, doing a thriving business carrying people to the beach. Speaking of this gradual awakening to the attractions of Santa Monica, I recall that schoolchildren of the late sixties held their picnics at the canyon, going down on crowded stages where the choicest seats were on the box, and that one of the most popular drivers of that period was Tommy Ocampo. He handled the reins with the dexterity of a Hank Monk, and before sunrise young America would go over to the corral, there to wait long and patiently in order to get an especially desirable seat on Tommy's stage. With the completion of the Los Angeles and San Pedro Railroad, excursions to Catalina began to be in vogue, but as the local population was small, considerable effort was needed sometimes to secure enough patrons to make the trips pay. Thus, an excursion for Sunday, August 13th, was advertised by the skipper of the steamer Vaquero, a couple of dollars for the round trip being charged, with half price for children, but by Saturday morning the requisite number of subscribers had not been obtained, and the excursion was called off. Otto J. and Oswald F. Zahn, sons of Dr. Johann Karl Zahn, who came here about 1871, were carrier pigeon fanciers and established a service between Avalon and Los Angeles, fastening their messages, written on tissue paper, by delicate wire to the bird's legs. For some time the Catalina pigeon messengers, as they were called, left Avalon late in the afternoon, after the last steamer, bringing news that appeared in the Los Angeles newspapers of the following morning. 
usually the birds took a good hour in crossing the channel but on one occasion blue jim the champion covered the distance of forty-eight miles in fifty minutes on the evening of august twenty-third the announcement came over the wires of don abel stearns's death in san francisco at five o'clock that afternoon at the grand hotel late in october his body was brought to los angeles for final interment the tombstone having arrived from san francisco a week or two previously awesome indeed was the scene that i witnessed when the ropes sustaining the eight hundred pound metallic casket snapped pitching the coffin and its grim contents into the grave i shall never forget the unearthly shriek of doña arcadia as well as the accident itself with the wane of summer we received the startling news of the death through indians of frederick loring the young journalist and author well known in los angeles who was with the united states exploring expedition to arizona as a correspondent of appleton's journal bootless coatless and everything but lifeless as he put it he had just escaped perishing in death valley when the stage party was attacked by apaches and lorry and four other passengers were killed in september during captain george j clark's administration as postmaster foreign money orders began to be issued here for the first time payable only in great britain and ireland twenty-five cents being charged for sending ten dollars or less and shortly afterward international money orders were issued for germany and some other continental countries then five or six hundred letters for los angeles county were looked upon as a rather large dispatch by one steamer from san francisco and the north and the cancelling of from twelve to fifteen dollars worth of stamps a day was regarded as big business vincent collier the peace commissioner sent out with general o o howard by the government in eighteen sixty eight who eventually made himself most unpopular in arizona by pleading the case of the scalping apaches in the fall of eighteen seventy one put up at the pico house when public feeling led one newspaper to suggest that if the citizens wished to see a monster they had only to stand before the hotel and watch collier pass to and fro in the fall tidings of chicago's awful calamity by fire reached los angeles but strange to say no public action was taken until the editor of the los angeles news on october twelfth gave vent to his feelings in the following editorial three days ago the press of this city called upon the public generally to meet at a stated hour last evening at the county courtroom to do something towards alleviating the sufferings of the destitute thousands in chicago the calamity which has overtaken that unfortunate city has aroused the sympathy of the world and the heart and pulse of civilized humanity voluntarily respond extending existence in deeds as well as in words from all parts of the globe where the name of chicago is known liberal donations flow into a common treasury we had hoped to be able to add the name of los angeles among the list as having done its duty but in whatever else she may excel her charity is a dishonorable exception her bowels are absolute strangers to sympathy when called upon to practically demonstrate it at the place of meeting instead of seeing a multitude we were astonished to find but three persons viz governor downey john jones and a gentleman from riverside who is on a visit here anything more disgraceful than this apathy on the part of her inhabitants she could not have been guilty of for her selfishness she justly deserves the fearful fate that has befallen the helpless one that now lies stricken in the dust let her bow down her head in shame chicago our response to your appeal is starve what do we care this candid rebuke was not without effect a committee was immediately formed to solicit contributions from the general public and within an hour a tidy sum had been raised by October 18th, the fund had reached over $2,000, exclusive of $250 given by the Hebrew Benevolent Society and still another $100 raised by the Jewish ladies. 
about the twenty first of october a war broke out near nigger alley between two rival factions of the chinese on account of the forcible carrying off of one of the company's female members and the steamer california soon brought a batch of chinamen from san francisco sent down it was claimed to help wreak vengeance on the abductors on monday october twenty third some of the contestants were arrested brought before justice gray and released on bail it was expected that this would end the trouble but at five o'clock the next day the factional strife broke loose again and officers accompanied by citizens rushed to the place to attempt an arrest the chinese resisted and officer jesus bilderain was shot in the right shoulder and wrist while his fifteen-year-old brother received a ball in the right leg robert thompson a citizen who sprang to bilderain's assistance was met by a chinaman with two revolvers and shot to death other shots from chinese barricaded behind some iron shutters wounded a number of bystanders news of the attacks and counter-attacks spread like wildfire and a mob of a thousand or more frenzied beyond control armed with pistols guns knives and ropes and determined to avenge thompson's murder assembled in the neighborhood of the disturbance while this solid phalanx was being formed around nigger alley a chinaman waving a hatchet was seen trying to escape across los angeles street and romo sorterelle at the expense of some ugly cuts on the hand captured him emile harris then rescued the mongolian but a detachment of the crowd yelling hang him shoot him overpowdered harris at temple and spring streets and dragged the trembling wretch up temple to new high street where the familiar framework of the corral gates suggested its use as a gallows with the first suspension the rope broke but the second attempt to hang the prisoner was successful other chinamen whose roofs had been smashed in were rushed down los angeles street to the south side of commercial and there near Gawler's wagon shop between wagons stood on end were hung alarmed for the safety of their cook sing tai the juan lanfrancos hid the mongolian for a week until the excitement had subsided henry t hazard was lolling comfortably in a shaving saloon under the luxurious lather of the barber when he heard of the riot and arriving on the scene he mounted a barrel and attempted to remonstrate with the crowd some friends soon pulled him down warning him that he might be shot a j king was at supper when word was brought to him that chinese were slaughtering white people and he responded by seizing his rifle and two revolvers in trying one of the latter however it was prematurely discharged taking the tip off a finger and putting him hors de combat sheriff burns could not reach the scene until an hour after the row started and many chinamen had already taken their celestial flight when he arrived he called for a posse comitatus to assist him in handling the situation but no one responded he also demanded from the leader of the mob and others that they disperse but with the same negative result about that time a party of rioters started with a chinaman up commercial street to maine evidently bent on hanging him to the tomlinson and griffith gates and when burns promised to attempt a rescue if he had but two volunteers judge r m whitney and james goldsworthy responded and the chinaman was taken from his tormentors and lodged in jail besides judge whitney cameron e tom and h c austin displayed great courage in facing the mob which was made up of the scum and dregs of the city and sheriff burns is also entitled to much credit for his part in preventing the burning of the chinese quarters all the efforts of the better element however did not prevent one of the most disgraceful of all disturbances which had occurred since my arrival in los angeles on october twenty fifth when coroner joseph kurtz impaneled his jury nineteen bodies of chinamen alone were in evidence and the verdict was death through strangulation by persons unknown to the jury 
emile harris's testimony at the inquest that but one of the twenty-two or more victims deserved his fate about hits the mark and confirms the opinion that the slight punishment to half a dozen of the conspirators was very inadequate at the time of the massacre i heard a shot just as i was about to leave my office and learned that it had been fired from that part of chinatown facing los angeles street and i soon ascertained that it had ended thompson's life anticipating no further trouble however i went home to dinner when i returned to town news of the riot had spread and with my neighbors cameron e tom and john g downey i hurried to the scene it was then that i became eyewitness to the heroic if somewhat comical parts played by tom and burns the former having climbed up to the top of a box harangued the crowd while the sheriff who had succeeded in mounting a barrel was also addressing the tumultuous rabble in an effort to restore order unfortunately this receptacle had been coopered to serve as a container not as a rostrum and the head of the cask under the pressure of two hundred pounds or more of official avoir de poids suddenly collapsed and our worthy guardian of the peace dropped with accelerated speed clear through to the ground and quite unintentionally for the moment at least turned a grim tragedy into a grotesque comedy following this massacre the chinese government made such vigorous protests to the united states that the washington authorities finally paid a large indemnity during these negotiations chinese throughout the country held lamentation services for the los angeles victims and on august second eighteen seventy two four chinese priests came from san francisco to conduct the ceremonies in eighteen seventy f p f temple who had seen constructed two sections of the building now known as temple block made the fatal blunder of accepting the friendly advice that led him to erect the third section at the junction of spring and main streets and to establish therein a bank under the name of temple and workmen the building costing in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars was all that could have been desired proving by long odds the most ornamental edifice in the city and when on november twenty third eighteen seventy one the bank was opened in its comfortable quarters on the spring street side of the block nothing seemed wanting to success the furnishings were elaborate one feature of the office outfit being a very handsome counter of native cedar a decided advance in decoration over the primitive bare or painted wood then common here neither temple who had sold his fine ranch near fort tejon to embark in the enterprise nor workmen had had any practical experience in either finance or commerce and to make matters worse workmen being at that time a very old man left the entire management to his son-in-law temple in whom he had full confidence it soon became evident that anybody could borrow money with or without proper security and unscrupulous people hastened to take advantage of the situation in due season i shall tell what happened to this bank in the preceding spring when the coastline stage companies were still the only rivals to the steamers a moment favoring an opposition boat was started and by june leading shippers were discussing the advisability of even purchasing a competitive steamer all the vessels up to that time having been owned by companies or individuals with headquarters in the northern metropolis matthew keller was then in san francisco and having been led to believe that a company could be financed books were opened for subscriptions in los angeles santa barbara san luis obispo and elsewhere for lack of the necessary support this plan was abandoned but late in july a meeting was held in the bella union to further consider the matter among those present was george wright long engaged in coast shipping and he proposed to sell the control of the olympia 
H. Newmark and Company, being considerably interested in the movement, declared themselves ready to cooperate in improving the situation, for which reason great surprise was expressed when, in December 1871, B. L. Peel, the commission merchant, made an attack upon us, openly charging that although the largest shippers in the city, we had revoked our pledge to sustain the opposition to high freight rates, and so had contributed towards defeating the enterprise. It is true that we finally discouraged the movement, but for a good and sufficient reason, Wright was in the steamship business for anything but his health. His method was to put on a tramp steamer and then cut passenger and freight rates ridiculously low until the regular line would buy him out, a project which, on former occasions, had caused serious disturbances to business. When, therefore, Wright made this offer, in 1871, H. Newmark and Company forthwith refused to participate i shall show that when greater necessity required it we took the lead in a movement against the southern pacific which for lack of loyalty on the part of many of the other shippers met not only with disastrous failure but considerable pecuniary loss to ourselves on december eighteenth eighteen seventy one judge murray morrison died three days later his wife jenny whom we knew as the attractive daughter of dr thomas j white also breathed her last End of chapter 29